Hello and welcome back to My Surrogacy Journey, the podcast. This is season three and the only brand new podcast designed to help you navigate surrogacy. How are you all doing? We're back for another incredible episode and you're going to really enjoy this one. Yes, you are. Hello, how are you doing today? Are you comfortable? Have you got yourself a drink? Good. Well, I'm Michael. I'm Wes's better half and we're dads to two children via UK surrogacy ourselves. We're back in the studio and thank you for downloading us again. Have you managed to subscribe? No? Come on, well, make sure you do. Season three has been in the making for almost a year and we're excited to be back recording it just for you. We even have a sponsor. Tell us more about it, Michael. So Manchester Fertility is a leading fertility clinic with over 35 years experience, building families for people within the LGBTQ plus community too. With an established heritage and excellent success rates, they provide many fertility treatments and pathways for same-sex couples, single trans people, non-binary people and heterosexual couples from across the UK. Manchester Fertility are well known for their fantastic team of experts who provide the best patient care. So it's lovely to be in this studio with you all and you have the pleasure of both Michael and I and our special guest today, which is set to be a really insightful episode. We are talking about the emotional support during a surrogacy journey, which, as we well know, plays an integral part to anyone's journey. And it's certainly one of the most important parts and why we created my surrogacy journey. It is. And it's one that had a bit of an impact with us on our journey. So it's one that we want to make sure is really well represented Mm -hmm. to our members. But there's no better person to guide you through this than Tracy Sainsbury, who is a specialist fertility counsellor for over 20 years. And she is so experienced, but we love working with Tracy. We love Tracy. Hello, Tracy. Welcome to the studio. Hi, lovely to see you both. Tracy, why don't you give us an overview from yourself? Let's hear it from the horse's mouth. Tell us about who you are, where you come from, and you know what part you play in supporting people on their journey, on a surrogacy journey. I'm Tracy Sainsbury, fertility counsellor. I started out training in bereavement counselling, and then the amount of loss that there is for anybody on a surrogacy journey became a natural flow through. Sadly, not all treatment is successful, but the reality that any surrogacy journey can act as a trigger to re-traumatise anything and everything you've been through in life just means that when there is counselling right at the beginning, it creates that foundation for you as you move forward. So, you know, if anything comes up, we got you back, we're there for you. I think what you mentioned there is about that emotional foundation. I think often people really underestimate the amount of emotional support or infrastructure or scaffolding that you need on a journey. And I think that, you know, particularly if you're a same-sex couple and you you approach a journey of like excitement and you kind of hop skipping and not really understanding all of the components, or if you are a heterosexual couple or single hetero person who has been on a really challenging journey and have come to surrogacy, that wasn't your plan how do you kind of manage all of those elements and how do you equip yourself with that emotional readiness I don't think you can and that's why counseling is so important because so much is fantasy you know if you're in a same-sex relationship if you could take an egg hoik out the DNA pop a bit of both of you in there have a strap on uterus and take control of growing your little person. My (laughs) God, it'd be so cheesy. It really would. But it really, really would because the lack of control can just re-trigger, re-traumatise any other situation where there's not control or even an ability to influence an outcome. 
Agreed. And I think there's a word that you mentioned, which I know is a a phrase that you coined, Tracy, and that's the scaffolding. And it gives people that visual of of the importance of choosing your team, keeping you safe psychologically, physically, mentally, and just putting you on the right path on a journey which may or may not turn out the way you hope it will. It's a bit of an odd one, though, because I use scaffolding, but it is scaffolding for the journey and it's not just about surrogacy because your journey starts with your hopes dreams your fantasies you know if you're a single person embracing surrogacy there might have been a hope to conceive with a partner if you're in a same-sex relationship there might have been a hope that you could make a baby with a bit of both of you and if you're in a heterosexual relationship can we not just have sex and have a baby Mm -hmm. without jumping through so many damn hoops Mm -hmm. and it is often the same-sex couples who come in with enthusiasm and excitement who can feel it quite overwhelming when things don't go to plan or take a bit longer and there's the waiting there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think one of the key words that you mentioned there, Tracy, was waiting. Mm. And I think that's one of the the biggest things like I talk to intended parents typically same sex and they're they're really excited at the beginning and they talk about how they they can be patient they can manage they can do this it's not going to be a problem we've talked about it and I think what typically happens from my experiences is that they get to major milestones it might be that they found their donor it might be that they've created embryos it might be you know there are certain milestones and their patience windles away really really quickly and they become really impatient and that can often turn into frustration Mm -hmm. it can often turn into anger Mm -hmm. and it's like how do you equip people because at the start of the journey we talk about you don't know what you don't know but we're going to we're going to equip you but they encounter these challenges at different times and as a couple they're not always at the diff- at the same time and one might be ahead and one might be behind or there's no right or wrong but it's how do you manage it because we know that if you're doing surrogacy in the UK there's a, a prolonged time to wait and it's yeah. about how do you manage that wait time as well. I think you have to be real that it's going to be hard, that it's going to be difficult, that you're going to need to promote awareness of self-care individually and together and factor in the fun stuff you know I talk a lot about recognizing the hypervigilance that we have when we're out of control so triggers can feel very apparent to re-traumatize other stuff but you need to be aware of that sensitivity we can flip it for the good so we can be more aware of the glimmers the shimmers the positives that are there now, I've nearly been arrested for burning gratitude journals, so I'm not one of those counsellors <laughs> who says count your blessings. Because if you've got your health, your happiness, your relationship, your home, often it can really affirm, too damn right, we're ready for a baby. Yeah. Too right, we're ready, bring it on. So it is that self-care, that self-compassion, any thought or feeling is appropriate and reinforces we're, we're on that journey. Mm-hmm. We've got one of our members listening and they want to understand what they get from counselling at My Surrogacy Journey from you or from anyone else in the team that might be working with us. What what should people expect? It sounds a bit naff, doesn't it? <laughs> a safe place to talk about it. And you think, oh, God, don't want to talk about it. I want to coach. I want to feel perky, positive and optimistic and come out feeling happy. But actually, if you come out feeling perky positive and optimistic and you've injected a bit of tinkerbell fairy dust can't maintain it 
it's not real. It's not setting you up for robustness. We, we want that safe place to absolutely have the strategies, have the skills to claim the positive highs that are there because too right, if you're on that journey, you're affirming, I want to be a parent. I've created my embryos or I'm creating my embryos or I'm waiting to be matched. Wherever you are, you might be right at the start, but uncertainty drives you a little bit crazy. So actually, it's a space to be driven a little bit crazy to know that we get it. Yeah, yeah. Getting it, I think, is a really good word. And I want to kind of elaborate on that a bit more because the team at MSJ, the, the coordination team, are often, they take the brunt of the of the, the hard end. You know, often we're the ones who are dealing with the IPs who are really frustrated, who are quite angry sometimes, really quite difficult to deal with. And we know that, you know, this is going to potentially be a difficult call. We know uh, how frustrated you are. We know why you're feeling like that. But what we try and do with the team is, it's not their fault. We we, we understand it. We, we're trying to empathize with you and we're there along working with you. We, we like you said, you know, we aren't Tinkerbell. We can't wave the dust and magic surrogates up. If we could, we absolutely would. Mm-hmm. But I think it's about how do we, as a team, with you, help you navigate through some of those really difficult times. And just what you've said was just about the surrogates. Oh, my goodness. I think it's three or four out of every 500 people who apply to be a surrogate make it. Mm -hmm. And in some places, it's even less. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of IPs don't understand that actually the reason they want to be with a team that holds them, that's got the back, that supports them, is because so much of that has been taken out of their hands. So they're not just posting on a forum, findmeasurrogatetoday.com, which doesn't exist, by the way, but just in case. But there is that an awful lot of women enjoy being pregnant and will have a thought, I want to be a surrogate. And it's not until they've had that initial conversation that they're beginning to think about what it really means and the realities that they get a sense of, is this for me? And a lot will just drop out. A lot will have a medical reason why they're not able to continue. And for IPs, I think you don't shout enough about too damn right we're trying to recruit surrogates for you too right we're doing this Mm -hmm. you know you've got such a team of people supporting ips but also working with people who want to be surrogates and often it's not anybody's fault that they're not able to move forward so it is when we look at the journey let's take the blinkers off and look at the whole journey because you're not just holding ips You, you want surrogacy to be a positive experience for everybody yeah you know and and the no neg donors too and you know you have seen in your career where that lack of emotional support from the get-go has an impact further down the line when relationships break down you know you you've witnessed that time and time again yeah and it's so damn hard but I also see that in the relationships where it works and where it works really well that that counselling support can be so useful because life carries on outside of surrogacy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if somebody's experiences of bereavement, a redundancy, a difficult situation with another family member, stress at work, anything can come up and you can go to your GP, get a referral to a regular counsellor. They just don't understand the nuances of surrogacy mm-hmm. in the mix as well. Yeah, you're absolutely so right. So the way my surrogacy journey works having that because people will often come in and say why do I need counseling now 
And it's actually, we're not just about now, we want to promote that robust foundation, get your scaffolding in place, make sure you've met us so you know we're real. Because quite often it'll say on the bottom of a letter, counselling is available. But it's like, oh God, I hope I don't need it. And actually, it's so true. It's yeah. so true. You you do think that when you hear the word counselling, you're like, oh God, I've got to go and talk about my feelings. I've got to go and bear all. Yeah. But uh, but I think for me, it's I would encourage anyone, if anyone's listening to this and they're at the start of their journey, because it's about what is possible and what's ahead of you. Mm-hmm. This isn't about assessing who you are and whether you're capable or whether you have the ability to be a parent or even beyond this, this journey. This is about giving you the tools, the foundation, the robustness that you talk about so much, Tracy. It's about recognising what that looks like and being able to put that foundation in place for yourselves. Yeah. Because what I would say as as a couple and something that, this is going to test you more than anything in your life, I would say. As a, a couple, how do you manage and how do you navigate through that? How do you recognize when your partner is feeling stressed? How do you recognize when you're out, feeling out of control and how to manage it? And what I would say to that is have a session with our counselors because they're going to get you into a headspace where you can anticipate what's coming or you can at least recognize it and know that there are mechanisms out there so that when things do get tough or you just have questions, you've got a team there who were able to help you emotionally we talked about this really extensively on our journeys that this is the one thing that we did not listen to this is the one thing we didn't appreciate this is the one thing that had the biggest impact on our journey uh, for both of us on our relationship but also on our relationship with our new children yeah totally agree totally agree i think i think it's the one thing that you underestimate because i think there is that perception in the community from a surrogacy point of view that firstly the counselling that we do is not implications counselling and I think we have to be very clear with that Tracy you're really passionate about saying that as are we the the implication counselling in the clinic is one thing and then our counselling is is completely different but I think quite often the misunderstanding between the two often bleeds and that's why some intended parents are like I've had implications counselling I don't need to do this again that that was tick box are sometimes a really and that grinds on me when I hear that that phrase. But that's that's off, often people's experience of what they think this is going to do for them. And it's not, is it? It definitely isn't. But counselling in a clinic, whichever clinic you go to, you know, the British Infertility Counselling Association don't want any counselling to be tick box. But quite often the HFEA ask for evidence um, when they're auditing, when they're evaluating provision of service. So there is a duty of care from the counsellors within a clinic. To make sure they've ticked the box that people have been asked the questions and given a space to explore. Do you understand the parental order? Do you understand um, the um, consent forms around the treatment? So the, there is a need sometimes to tick specific boxes. Counselling with my surrogacy journey, my hope is it feels like a warm hug. And you can leave thinking, well, what was the point of that? Because it's like carrying an extra sweater on a cool day might well not need it but you're glad you've got it (laughs) you know because you can put it on later if you need it Mm -hmm. and I want people to feel held to feel that support is there because you won't know how useful it is until sometimes quite a long time after you've dipped in until you need to unpack it and that yeah. and that is that was our experience wasn't it was it was know? and also some people just don't recognize the, the the need for it and don't acknowledge it and are not in the right place for themselves to to take it and i think there's a lot of couples who can try too hard 
And you can try too hard as IPs to support your surrogate, whether treatment's successful or not. And you can try too hard to support each other. So I, I think that space, uh, sometimes it's about saying, gosh, it feels like being a bit hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I'm wondering what's going on between the two of you, because it feels like you're competing for Saint of the Year Award. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm trying to do everything I can possibly. And it, it's just like cut yourself a bit of slack. Yeah. You know, what are you doing to put the energy in? Because it can feel like energy is just leaking out. Mm-hmm. You know, you're trying to spin too many plates and we, we need to keep ourselves topped up. Yeah, we really do. So, Tracy, tell us the difference between, you know, if you're a same sex couple or a, or, a, or a gay person or you're a hetero couple, what are kind of the differences that you see from those people needing that support? My same sex couples often go into surrogacy having thought about it for years you know if you're an established couple and you've known you wanted kids and you know that's the way to go and that assumes my same-sex couples are male now I've worked with quite a few same-sex female couples as well where sadly neither have been able to carry so but there's been a thought of needing assistance there's been an awareness of a need for donor conception and for my male couples an awareness or there's not a uterus within the relationship of a need for surrogacy as you move forwards now again it's that when you think you're ready it's not just you who are excited about it your team are your wider family they're like your cheerleaders with blooming great big pom-poms woohoo there's going to be a baby (laughs) and then they can be frustrated with the waiting so you don't want to talk about it because you don't want to have to deal with your team's flap you know well why haven't you found a surrogate why haven't they done this why haven't you got a donor yet what's going on why can't you just go in and buy eggs? Mind blown that it takes a while. So it can feel a bit like an educator. It can feel exhausting. But if people think I should be perky, positive and optimistic, you can feel like you're fl- failing, flailing yourself, letting yourself down and your partner by not staying on track to be positive. We can't maintain that. So it, again, it's about being real. Whereas for heterosexual couples where there's been a fertility journey, especially if there's been loss or trauma. And that trauma might be Asherman's syndrome after a previously healthy pregnancy. They're just not able to carry again. It covers a heck of a shock. Mm-hmm. And the people around them can think, well, surrogacy is an option. It's like this bright, shiny thing. The reality, the enormity. But each time there's a negative, it can promote a space, a time, an opportunity to pause, check in. How am I doing individually? How are we doing together? Are we ready to carry on our journey? Do we need a break? Do we need to pause? Do we need to change direction? Do we look at alternative nurturing options? Now, most often, claiming that opportunity to pause says too damn right we want to go ahead with surrogacy, but we've been putting too much energy out, not enough in, and we're worn down by it. It's so common as well. Yeah. Listen to your bodies. We process and think with our heads. You know, cognitive behavioural therapy says spreadsheet. Look at what you're thinking. Look at how you're feeling. Change your thoughts. Change your feelings. Cope better for longer. Fertility treatment's all about your body. You know, the primal unconscious drives and desires to reproduce the energy that's spent out. We haven't got the energy. Our feet don't take us to the phone to make the call. Our fingers won't click on the email because we just haven't got the energy. So it really is listen to your body. Have I got the strength, the energy to move forward? It doesn't matter whether you're a same-sex couple, single person, heterosexual couple. Listen to your bodies more. 
I love the way Tracy like you visualizes these these patterns, these ways, these behaviors. You really do such a great job of just describing. Articulated. Yeah, yeah, it's just I I, I get the I, I see it when you yeah. when you explain. I, I think from my experience of speaking to you, Tracy, and I, and I know that our members feel this as well. It a lot becomes clear. It's about giving people the clarity about what's ahead of them, the clarity, the ability to think about all of these things exactly like you've just described. Yeah. And that's really important, just thinking for the team. I, I always think we have to work with pride and pride taking personal responsibility and delivering excellence because so much of the news we give is bad. Mm-hmm. You know, something's gone wrong, something hasn't happened, devastated that treatment cycle hasn't gone to plan. We hope for a really easy pregnancy, giving birth like shelling peas and surrogates coming in through the door on a revolving door system. You know, it'd be awesome and life would be a hell of a lot kinder if it was like that. It would. But when you're given factual information, we can then allow that space for it to process and know that other support is there. That's why you do such a great job. Yeah. So, so from a single person's perspective, let's just, you know, our listener is single and they are thinking, all of this sounds brilliant. Does this mean I have to go through more counselling than someone if they were in a couple? Do you know what? My surrogacy journey have such a great awareness of the uniqueness of everybody. And it might be some, it might be a surrogate's partner who needs more support, never mind an IP, you know, to help keep that team on track and mm-hmm. together. So uh, I was about to say, just because you're a single person, actually, I've kissed some frogs. I, I think it takes more strength to choose not to settle for the wrong relationship. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. Than to settle. So if somebody has embraced a solo parenthood journey, then they might feel stronger mm-hmm. and more robust. And it might come as more of a shock if they have a wobble because they're pumped. And it, again, it can be their team, their friends and family network. If you have a wobble and you say, oh, gosh, are you sure you think I'm doing the right thing? They can say, whoa, panicky, panicky. Why are you changing your mind? It's their stuff. People who love you and care for you process narcissistically. So we need to make sure that our single people, all IPs, recognise that people who love them and care for them, of course, will panic if they have a wobble because they're already invested in their future child. So, again, it's that having the awareness, the strategies for self-care, awareness of what's going on in your body so you can work out what's going to help me respond to me with compassion because I'm a harshest critic and possibly more so if you're a single person because there's not somebody to challenge the negative thinking. Just perfectly put. Yeah, what can what more can he say to that? <laughs> uh, oh gosh, so many questions, so many questions. Yeah, how how do you recognise when you need that emotional support, Tracy? You know, what does that look like, and and is there any advice that you would give to someone who's doesn't recognise the signals but knows something's not quite there? They've probably got people telling them. Is it a <laughs> counsellor you can speak to? <laughs> That's what normally happens. Some, God, that happens to me a lot. <laughs> you know well have you thought of um, dipping into counseling but it's actually sit with that remember that there is counseling remember how you feel if you're feeling overwhelmed I always think if there's something chubbing around in your head reach out get in touch don't sit with it Mm -hmm. you know if, if it's just there 
and you you keep having a moment where you think oh I shouldn't be thinking this get in touch mm. this feels a bit heavy get in touch yeah and then I guess at the beginning of that process then how should one prepare for a session with you or, or anyone else in the counselling team don't prepare and that's the reality come in with an open mind an open heart and listen to your body because if you come in with a spreadsheet you know thinking thinking again back to implications counseling okay have I read enough do I know how to get my parental order do I know about expenses do I know about the agreement am I aware of my will the need for my will the need for legal advice all of the the questions that are going to be asked and explored um the practicalities around the treatment absolutely you can make sure that you've read up and done your homework and read the pack from the clinic when you come in for counselling with my surrogacy journey or with any counsellor around a surrogacy journey, we are all a bit unique and what resonates will be individual to an individual. Don't You don't need a plan. People come in quite often and say, I'm really struggling with other people's pregnancy announcements. Mm-hmm. And they think they shouldn't. And actually, once you give people permission to have the feelings... Then think, okay, where's it resonating? How does it feel? And what can we do to look after that? Your inner teenager can be peed off angry and upset because you were told adult life would be much easier. Your inner eight-year-old sobbing because you're working hard, you're putting the effort in, it's not meant to feel this hard. So we don't just nurture your grown-up adult self. We look at every different age we've lived through and what can help to respond with compassion and just help you feel a bit safer whilst you're waiting yeah and tracy what for you would be a positive outcome you know so intended parents are talking to the msj counselors what what does a positive outcome look like so in 2011 i had a really lovely client saw them once and they emailed last week to say um I just wanted to get back to you to say every time this has happened, this has happened and you said this and this made such sense and I've never said thank you. Wow. And you just think, well, and they'd found me on LinkedIn. LinkedIn seems to be the place that everyone finds everyone these days. It's hysterical. But it it is that I have my fertility counsellor from 1997 in my head you know every now and again me and my husband have a um julie tucker i don't think she'll mind me naming her she was awesome um, a julie tucker moment and it, it is that if something resonates that helps raise awareness be a bit kinder to you remember it's okay to feel like that if someone's been an absolute I was about to swear then i won't <laughs> absolutely inappropriate one of those and you remember to pause and recognise it's their stuff. It's not about you because we all process narcissistically. That's all them. Don't need to take that back personally, you know, keep that one. Then marvellous. So that in itself is what I hope for the people that I work with, that they carry something. Remind yourself, get. That just really resonated with me, actually, Tracy. I had some some challenges last week and what you just said that that that's theirs leave that to them yeah don't take it on that's theirs and that for me that is a really important one you know for our team but also for intended parents who feel out of control that and it's not they it's not their fault they can't control it that's someone else's that's a really powerful thing and just as you just mentioned that counselor i know for a fact that there 
are people that have been seen by you and, and us included that have Tracy Sainsbury moments where (laughs) your wisdom and the words that you have said and the encouragement and the visual pictures that you paint um, with your advice, you you have helped so many others fathom their path and take comfort in the words and the information that they've been given. What I would say is I've, I've had many calls with Tracy and uh, I always feel real clarity after it kind of gives me real clarity. And sometimes you come on a call and, and you, you don't have that clarity clearly because you're, you're having the call. But what I can genuinely say with every call that I've been on, I come off the call really clear and have a really clear headspace about where I'm at. And I think that is is something that not everyone's capable of giving. So thank you. There's a technique called STOP where literally you picture your own red stop sign because some people have a circular one, some people have an octagonal one, some people it's rectangular, but whatever shape, some people have a triangular one, which I just think is a bit odd, but there you go. (laughs) If you picture your own red stop sign, but if you feel you're getting carried away, you just think stop and you literally stop and you physically take a step back. So the T is take a step back, the O is observe. What's going on here? What's happening? How am I thinking? How am I feeling? What do I need to do to respond with compassion? And then we can proceed mindfully. So stop, take a step, observe and proceed. Now, when we look at mindfulness, it's not about being mindful to be perky, positive and optimistic. It's being mindful to be real because the situation might be shit. Yeah. Situation might be hard. The situation might be devastating. But actually, let's claim it and look at that. What can I do to respond with compassion just to be able to take the next step? So we take it one step at a time, see how you go and always reach out for support. We're scaffolding. We got you back. Mm. There we go. Case proven. Just to, just to finish off, Tracy, because like I, I love chatting to you because you've got such a calm voice and it's just all in a very methodical and thought out process i always feel really calm when i'm speaking to you which i am now is what what are some of the tips that you would give people to get the best out of a session with a counselor be honest you know people often have a sense oh god i mustn't say this because i'll think i'm crazy (laughs) but i I won't talk about that because we'll go off track now actually if you tend to go off track it's because something's big and bothersome or you're deflecting and actually a good counsellor will say, okay, you mentioned this and you talked about this, but I'm wondering about this. So we we tend to go back. So if, if you come in and you're scripted, normally jumps out of the screen like bad acting. <laughs> yeah. Or you're not. There's no com- getting away from that. No. Whereas actually if you just come in and be real and you want to get as much as you can from it, Come in with an expectancy that you'll have somebody attentive who does more than see and hear you, who who looks at what's going on. So be honest. is Yeah, exactly. be open, be open, be honest yeah. and just be prepared to well, take I think, I think, And you just learn, don't you? That's the thing. You you learn so much. And, and it's also OK to have sessions with your partner and to have sessions on your own. And again, it's... It's whatever you need. And, and, and understanding that the self-care of your partner and knowing when 
you had a particular terrible week last week and you, you know, you, you needed to take some of these strategies and that's recognising when your, your other team member needs some, some focus on them. And no topics off topic. You know, it, again, it's part of that honesty thing. Just thinking of some of our IPs. Intimacy can be really, really impacted by the exhaustion of waiting. Mm-hmm. You know, so lots of people will talk about um, sex lives, intimacy, difficult thoughts and feelings about the relationship, hopes, dreams and fantasies. Mm-hmm. It, because you're in such a great position when you're ready to start your surrogacy journey. You've affirmed your love for each other. And that there's an abundance of love within your relationship and you're hoping to have a little person. And it can just feel a bit exhausting and you can think, how will we cope? I haven't got any energy for me, never mind each other, never mind with a child. Bring it, we'll claim it, we'll acknowledge the energy and the need. Sounds really boring now, but that need for self-care and compassion and be playful about what that looks like. We don't need to be grown up all the time. <laughs> Amen to that one. No, I think, you know, I don't think there's any more to say. No, I think, Tracy, you've covered it perfectly. Perfect. I think the listener would be able to get a real good understanding of what to expect from not just an MSJ counselling session, but counselling yeah. generally and the need for it and what they're going to get out of it. Because ultimately, not everyone listening to this podcast is going to be an MSJ member. But I think if there's one takeaway that they get from this is that counselling is there to support you it's there to build that robustness that you talk about so much Tracy and if there's one thing that you do is is get some get some emotional support oh my gosh another cracking episode I again I feel like I've had a nice little session I always feel really calm it's just perfect Um, I could talk to Tracy all day Anyways, don't forget, if you do need your podcast fix, we're back every Monday, proudly sponsored by Manchester Fertility, a leading fertility clinic with over 35 years of experience building families for people within the LGBTQ plus community and are striving to be that centre of excellence for the Midlands and the North. And if you want to find out more about My Surrogacy Journey, then head over to our website, which is mysurrogacyjourney.com or find us on Instagram at official mysurrogacyjourney. If you like this episode, then subscribe to the series and we will be having another episode coming out next Monday. Thank you for listening. We have been your My Surrogacy Journey hosts. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.